two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is January 9th, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and tonight joining me is when he's not burning down trees on Octo, he is here with us, Force Ghost Jim. Good evening, everybody. And we got Zenger. That's no moon. I think you've done that one before. I probably have. Oh man, he's slipping, folks. He's slacking. So this week we are talking about the Star Wars theory fan film Vader Episode One: Shards of the Past. But before we get into that, I just want to bring up if the Episode Nine title has dropped, I apologize in advance that we're not discussing it. Or if we somehow talk about that and this episode gets pushed back even further, you know what? Just deal with it. Before we get into the topic, though, at hand, I want someone in our Facebook group, actually Josh from Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, the father of Knights of Vader, had a question for us that he'd like us to answer. I'm pretty sure Jim saw it. Zenger did not. And what? the question is... <laughs> what, Zenger read? No. Okay. <laughs> we, get, we get him pop-up books. Yay. Star Wars pop-up books. <laughs> Star Wars Scratch and Sniff. There you go. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Quick, how about this? Star Wars Holiday Special Scratch and Sniff book. Oh, God. Now you've gone too far. I need to be <laughs> off. No, no, no. We're not going that route again. <laughs> uh, I just want everybody to know, if you have ordered a Knights of Vader mug, and by the time um, you're hearing this, all orders are in, one mug out of the how many we order will be the Holiday Special mug that will be randomly thrown in instead of what you've ordered. So... Uh, it's kind. It's kind of like it's like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. We're just gonna throw that in there, and and that's that means you get an all expense paid trip to uh, Zenger's house to watch him record a live episode of Knights of Vader, right? Zenger? Also, bring the bring the mug because I will smash it for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but going to Josh's question, Josh uh, wrote into us, "Hey, long time listener, first time commenter," which isn't true. I have a question for all three of you. To be answered on the next podcast, what was junior high and high school like growing up, and how, if at all, did Star Wars influence it? Well, I'm pretty sure. One. Oh, I bet it will be. Uh, Jim, I think I'll let you go first, because I think we've touched upon your history of high school in Star Wars. Would you mind yeah. sharing that with our audience? I was a nerd when nerd wasn't cool back in high school. <laughs> back the day when I went through there. But Star Wars was great because... I, I enjoyed it all. It, was, it helped get me through. You know, my, my friends all enjoyed the episodes. Of course, we only had the original trilogy to uh, keep us going on it. But it was fun. I, I, in terms of being a nerd, was not good in high school <laughs> or grade school. But, <laughs> the, uh, but Star Wars was something that our, my friends and I all liked. And we all had common interest in it. So 
at least we had something in common on that way of it. And if that helps, that's the best answer I got. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Zegger, do you want a minute to think on this, or do you want me to go? Uh, you can go. Basically, I grew up with the prequels, as I think I've made it loud and clear at this point. My first, uh, I was introduced to The Phantom Menace during the tail end of my first grade. That was kind of how I was introduced to The Phantom Menace. So I basically had an entire summer away from people. I was always the Star Wars kid in my in my social circles, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, college. I was always the biggest Star Wars fan. I never really was ever surrounded by fellow Star Wars fans until this podcast. And I don't think I ever got grief for it. I never, I, I never remember being mocked for it. Again, I grew up in a very different time than when Jim did. Uh, but even like post um, prequel era, like we're talking about back, like when the, the 2008 series started in high school, I was always Mr. Star Wars and nobody again, ever gave me any sort of nonsense for, it. I went to a pretty big high school. I went to a high school with 4,000 kids. So there really weren't, you didn't really, I don't think anybody ever got really genuinely picked on. It was just too big. There were too many social circles to ever get highlighted. And uh, even in college, I think I've told this story before, but for just in case those are people that are new, in my senior year of college, I actually brought a um, Power of the Force 2 at-at walker to college with a battalion of snowtroopers and a Darth Vader figure to lead them into battle. And even then, nobody really cared. Like Everyone kind of just looked at it and like, I think I was the only guy I ever met in my four years of college that actually decorated their own apartment or just room. No other, well, there was always a couple of guys that had like like Playboy centerfold stuff like stapled to the walls, but I don't consider that decorating. Uh, but yeah, I I never got grief for being a Star Wars fan, and I was I was more or less left alone. I don't, I don't how it influenced me. It always kind of I always had Star Wars in the back of my mind, but I don't want to say that it was ever anything that really impacted me. Other than other than that, uh, just. I think I think for a school project once we had to dress up and I dressed up I, I got my like like uh, Jedi robe and I made some kid dress up as like a Jedi for like a Scarlet Letter presentation I don't know how I made that work but apparently Nathaniel Hawthorne and uh, the Jedi come together I think Rob might have been in that class he might be able to tell you more about that uh, but Zenger uh, did you have time to reflect on this question I have and I also wanted to double check time frame so I was making sure that this was during that time too. I was in middle and high school during the prequel era. So it was one of those things that you showed up at school and you were like, dude, did you go see the movie? Everything. And I, Revenge of the Sith came out the year I graduated. So a ton of us went to the little theater we had in town. We were all lined up. And it was something to where, I mean, we all had fun with Star Wars. It was something to where, I mean, being a nerd wasn't like, negative where i grew up or anything we had kind of all grown past that i felt and feel at that point when i was in high school and plus like halfway through my sophomore year i just kind of stopped caring what everyone thinks i just wanted to be me so i was like i'm a nerd i like this stuff i also go play soccer so i'm jock in that sense but it's it's whatever i'm just the person who's out here to Live life and stuff. So there wasn't anyone really picked on everything. Plus, it was also the same time frame that Lord of the Rings and stuff was coming out. So everyone was really like starting to get on the nerdy bandwagon. It wasn't cool to be a nerd yet, but it wasn't lame to be one either. Sanger and I obviously grew up in this relatively the same time span. 
as opposed to a Force Ghost Gym. But it's interesting that we actually have this weird sort of thing now where if you liked this sort of stuff back in the 70s, 80s, you were a dweeb. And then when Zenger and I grew up, it was kind of like indifferent. It's like, yeah, like whatever you want as long as you don't bother me. And now it's like you are, you are I don't want to say outcast, but it's kind of like it's weird if you don't go see the new Marvel movie like the weekend it opens. Yeah. I mean, I, saw, I remember back when like Spider-Man Three came out, like in the summer, like uh, May of two thousand seven. I remember that just being a really big thing at high school. Like everybody was like talking about that. That was like one of the very few times like there was this this conversation going on. And I imagine now things like Avengers and eh, maybe Black Panther would be the next big big example. But it's like or something's just like kind of like seismic, and everybody and their brothers talking about it. So this is a joke that. No one will get it except for if you went to my high school. Um, my friend Rob, who has been on Zingness occasionally back in the day, um, me and him, when we went to the theater and everything, we went with a giant group of people to see it because it was opening weekend and everything. So we all went to go see it at our little theater. We were sitting there, and I mean, everyone was very respectful in the theater. It wasn't like people were talking, but there was a friend we had, and she wasn't there for this. But um, the second Grievous walked on screen and started coughing and, like, wheezing and stuff, Rob went, oh, man, Rachel. And just everyone around us lost it that, that heard him say that. Because there was this girl that we knew named Rachel. And I don't know. There was no correlation that she walked around or did anything like that. It was just him making that comment it was apparently hilariously funny to all of us in that moment. And she was there in the theater? No, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> but she Good heard about it later. Oh, I bet she did. That that seemed like cl- I think at that moment the uh, Zenger sense of humor was truly uh, solidified. <laughs> oh, it had been solidified way before that. Okay, this this this, this kind of amped it up to eleven. Gotcha. Of like the oh. joke only I get and laugh at. Thank you, Josh, for posting that question. As, as everybody knows, Josh likes to stir the pot, and he is quite good at that. Very good question, Josh. I wish we had more questions like that. But, Josh, what oh, was your experience like? Uh, I think, I don't know, because we, we had, Josh hasn't been on in a couple of years. Like, he was one of the, he was back during um, the Attack of the Clones retrospective we did. So we might have to, much like we forced Zenger at gunpoint to get a mug, we might have to um, force Josh at gunpoint again to maybe watch Revenge of the Sith for its 15-year anniversary. Ugh. Zenger, guess what? We're going to have Revenge of the Sith May in a couple of months. <laughs> okay, we'll get into Zenger's opinions on Revenge of the Sith in due time. But to tonight's conversation, that's not the Episode 9 title, which I'm pretty sure will be out by the time you're hearing this. We are talking about Vader Episode 1, Shards of the Past, which is a fan film by Star Wars Theory, completely unaffiliated with Lucasfilm. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure if you're a Star Wars fan on social media, you've come across this. Uh, you've come across it at some point or another. I know it was shared in our Facebook group at least once, and I think so far it has a pretty positive reception across the Star Wars fan base. I don't hear anybody yelling "not muff fan film." Oh, until this record, you mean? <laughs> yeah, but. You- no, I don't think anyone's going to do that here. But no, it was Josh, uh, another Josh, not the father of the podcast. This is a different Josh. He we posted too many. Face- too many Josh. This is actually a no Josh is allowed. We're allowed one. So you two Josh got to fight to each other to the death. But with that being said, I'll let Jim go first. Jim, what did you think of this film? I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I stumbled across it 
probably like the first day it came out because I I watch YouTube in the evenings. And I had no idea because I watch Star Wars fan films occasionally at night. And some Star Wars fan films, you take or leave. Some are like, oh, my God, you actually put time into that. Other ones are like this one was I thought the production quality was very high. I enjoyed watching it. In fact, I've watched it probably three times now, especially one for right before we got on this podcast. The costumes were excellent. I thought the actors did a very good job. Considering this is a fan film. This is a fan film. And I thought the production quality, I thought they really did a good job with it. Considering this is a fan film, I thought the special effects were good. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed it for what it is. And it's kind of interesting where it's kind of going, the little niche of time they're going with, which is interesting. And then, you know, I'm assuming you guys have watched it, but you know it's kind of setting up to bring Ace Windu back into it. So, spoiler well, alert. Well, you know what? If you're gonna, <laughs> about it, might as well do it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm assuming it's. I'm assuming it's that. But again, they didn't say that specifically. But you know, we'll get into that. But in terms of the in terms of the show, I basically I'm, I'm excited to see what episode two looks like. I and I enjoyed, of course, if. It, focuses on vader i kind of like it anyway but i enjoyed it i i didn't have any real hiccups with it or anything i thought the actor's voices sounded good somebody put a lot of time and effort into this thing they really did for 16 minutes and 19 seconds somebody really put a tremendous amount of work into this i mean i'm, I'm looking at his older stuff because i i've followed this guy for a while and i do watch some of his videos on a occasion it just depends on the topic i'll skip some of them and other ones i'll be like oh man i want to watch that multiple times to get stuff from but it says that there was a video made five months ago that says why he's spending over a hundred thousand dollars to make this movie so i guess yeah that's yeah it's what it cost yeah okay I, I didn't know if there was an actual figure or anything but he's also saying that it's an unmonetized video too because for obvious reasons and everything oh yeah I thought I was kind of really blown away by it. My only problem is the lighting in some scenes, but that's me being really nitpicky if you want to get honest. But I I, I really like this, and I'm excited to see where they keep going with it. So definitely well done. I mean, this is this is the kind of fan films that are needed in the world of Star Wars that kind of give us like a, a, a different look at stuff or a different person kind of taking the reins and making their move, make, making their mark on the series. Oh, after this, can we say what our favorite Star Wars fan film is besides this one? Sure, Jim. <laughs> Jim, why don't you go ahead? You, that, was, that was the most enthusiastic you sounded all night. Tell us, what is your favorite fan film, Jim, besides this one? Well, no, I don't want to take it away. It's at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, you got to build up. You got to build up to that. <laughs> got to build up the excitement. Um, all right. Someone, someone make a, a note of that so you don't forget at the end. Josh posted it in our Facebook group, not the Knights of Vader Father. But um, I, I kind of, not that I disregard it, but I'm like, oh, it's a fan film. Whatever. Like, those are kind of, like most Star Wars fan films are kind of just sad and depressing. It's a bunch of nerds in the woods just like whack, like flailing like toy lightsabers around with like crudely done lightsaber effects. And I'm like, yeah, like again, if somebody wants to do that, good for them. I'm not going to take away their enthusiasm, but you're not going to get me to watch it. And I saw this in enough places where I'm like, okay, I guess I have to watch it. 
And as I watched it, I think it's I think it's nifty for the most part. I know Zenger was making fun of me because I, I call it stupid in the uh, pre-show conversation. But no, I don't think it's stupid. If anything I learned from this, uh, for if you're an early listener of this podcast, you know that I made fun of Jim at one point for saying that he wanted a, a Darth Vader like spinoff film. And I said, Jim, why do you want one of those? It's called the prequels. We got three spinoff films about Darth Vader. And as time goes on, and with this, it kind of solidifies my the Jim's idea that I think it's inevitable that we get a Star Wars project that's solely about Vader. And considering what they're doing with this, I'm almost certain that it's not going to be a Darth Vader movie. It's going to be – I think if The Mandalorian is a success, if it gets the – I don't know. Like like what was, what's that movie called? Bread Box that's, that involves Sandra Bullock with, with a, a handkerchief tied around her face that got like three – Yes, bread box. Um, oh it, it got like 300 trillion downloads in the first like 15 minutes of Netflix putting it on its servers. I think if The Mandalorian gets some, even something like that, I'm pretty sure you'll get a, a Vader series green, greenlit within a half an hour. That's kind of my – like again, I like certain elements of it. Like Zenger said, there are some technical aspects of it that are uh, lacking – the fact that we have the the Emperor Vader stuff, like in the Emperor's chambers, and it looks like it takes place like in a twelve by like four foot like basement. It's like, ugh, it's like this this looks a little too contained for the the Emperor's chambers. But no, I think um for a hundred thousand dollars, give or take, I think they did a really solid job. I for the record, I've never watched any of Star Wars theories videos before. Other than a couple of ones that he's done explaining the making of this, like whether it be um, how he's not allowed to monetize it, he's not allowed to. Um, I wrote it down. What else? He's not allowed. To, okay, he's not allowed to crowdfund it. The the budget for these. I guess I give him a lot of credit. I think I talked about it with uh, John Justice a couple of weeks ago. I said I really admire people who don't just simply um, do nothing with their enthusiasm for Star Wars. It's something that somebody who wants to add something new to it. I appreciate that, but the only thing I gotta disagree with with Zenger is is that this feels like if you just amped up the production value, this feels like a Lucasfilm thing. Like it's just it just it has those beats to it, which again I think it's it's I'm, I'm meaning that to be a compliment toward this, but it feels like something that they could make, and it doesn't have that like almost I don't want to say derivative. That's not fair. That's not a right word to use. But it has that sort of like it doesn't feel like oh this is somebody who wants to do something completely new with Star Wars because again like Zenger said I could firmly believe this taking place in the world of of Darth Vader and Star Wars in the and like Jim said the time period of what eight eight months after Revenge of the Sith right yeah yeah that's kind of it like I said I uh, yeah solid solid job I, I would definitely watch part two I would not donate money to it. Period. Yeah. So, I'm, what's everyone's favorite Star Wars fan film? <laughs> wait, are we are we going that quickly? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. I was playing with the pause. The, the, there was there was a long pause. And I figured that was the end of the conversation. Like, like I said, as far as why is it making me sign in? As far as like Star Wars fan films and everything, and this goes, I said I I I, I like the people behind it. There are. As as Zach always says, there's a cabal of Star Wars um, Patreon. I mean, not Patreon. A podcast collective. There's also one I feel for YouTube, and 
I said, I enjoy Star Wars theory stuff. There's another one that I won't mention that I swear I just want to bang my head against the wall every time I see one of his videos come out. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I mean, if you want to bleep it, I'll say it. Oh, I figured that. I figured I... <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, oh, you've mentioned him before, right? God, yes, I have. I He used to do really cool stuff. Now he does retarded stuff. Oh, sorry, let me... Please re-edit that. Now he does <laughs> severely stupid stuff. Like, why did do? Why was Duke who forced to mind control General Grievous? I'll explain. It's just where did he get this information from? Why is this relevant? Why should I even care? Yeah, there's a lot of that I see on YouTube. I because I was doing something completely related to, to this podcast, but I was looking up Star Wars stuff on YouTube. And like Zenger said, there's a lot of these kind of like asinine questions, like. Why does why does Obi Wan's lightsaber change from episodes two to three? And it's like, well, he 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 lost his in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> it's like, does that really need a six minute long video for? I, I I will also point out in in the defense of this guy, not really, but just to point <laughs> out, um, let's just see some of the videos I have been watching recently. Uh, every known superstar destroyer, both in oh, canon and legends. Um, where's now the that's others? applicable. Um, how big was the Empire's fleet? What are ten flaws of the super? I mean, of the Imperial class star destroyer. What's the real size of the Imperial class star destroyer? So I've been watching high quality um, Star Wars stuff recently on YouTube. So I just wanted to point that out that I am watching pure garbage too. <laughs> you're you're mixing some hot dogs with your fillet. Yes, very much so. But to answer your question that nobody asked, um, it is the number is thirteen known superstar destroyers as of right now in canon, and in legends it's around eighteen. And those are executor class star dis- superstar destroyers, not like the variant models. Like in legends, there is a model called the Eclipse, which was the Emperor's superstar destroyer, which looks vastly different from a regular one. But I remember in that Aftermath book, wasn't there like a super duper star de- super star destroyer they mentioned at the very very end of that? They mentioned the Eclipse. That's what I thought, and like yeah, and but nobody knew uh, if it was they kind of like that. they kind of allude to the fact that it's just an executor class one. That it was oh, just okay. the Emperor's one. It's like how Vader had his, and it's just the same. All right, but uh, getting getting back to the fan film though. So no, okay. let's get away from it some more. Oh, we do that easy enough as it is without deliberately doing it. Uh, Jim, so like, what parts of this really resonated with you? I, well, again, being part of the 501st, I love the costumes. I thought the costumes have to be from people from the 501st. They were really dead on it. I enjoyed that part. I enjoyed the, uh, the kind of flashback and forth with Vader, with Vader doing two or three different versions of his fight, flashing back and forth with that. Like Zach said, I think they got the feel right. They got the feel right. Uh, especially in fan films, you get such a there's such a wide range of what happens in these things on quality and stuff. Because they're made by fans. This one I thought was I was very impressed with the quality and uh, I enjoyed I thought Vader's voice was pretty good dead on, so was the Emperor's. I like in that when they're shooting up in the the first shooting version of this the scene where they even got they even got officers in black uniforms in it so <laughs> it wasn't just all stormtroopers it was officers too so 
I enjoyed that part of it, and uh, I enjoyed the special effects. It was a welcome surprise. Well, it's interesting you bring up the costumes. I think uh, Jim, if, if you know Jim at all in the slightest, you know his uh, his uh, love of Five O First and doing all their stuff. What? Is that, I I know where'd that come from. So uh, to tell, Jim, I've to never t- heard him mention it. No, not in the slightest. Jim, why don't you tell our audience what's the latest uh, costume you're working on? Uh, see, I just finished my uh, New Hope Stormtrooper stunt, and uh, I've ordered a uh, Death Trooper from Rogue One. So, folks, if you see Jim out with his 501st buddies, and you see the Death Trooper that just like like uh, encryptedly garbles at you, you'll know which Force Ghost Jim. <laughs> That's right. Come on out. Come on into Kansas City. I'll be doing something on it. We're always trooping on the weekends. Come on out. <laughs> Uh, but uh, getting back to the costumes, though, I think that's one thing that's interesting because in the again the pre-show recording for this, Jim was kind of telling us like how much the cost of all these different costumes are, and I kind of asked him like, Jim, how do you ins- like? Are you going to insure these things? He's like, No, they're not that expensive. And I think part of it, well, okay, compared to where it would have been like twenty years ago, right? Is that like think about like if somebody wanted to do. Uh, like think about like uh, the fan film troops. That's the parody of cops. Like a lot of those costumes are, some of them are, are authentic from like the original trilogy, because that's kind of like if you really want an authentic costume, you had to go find someone that had one either in their private collection and or rent it or borrow it or something like that. Whereas now, all you need to do is either order it for a few hundred dollars. Which, right. like Jim, there are fans out there that if you say, hey, we need X Trooper to appear in our fan film, most of them would just kind of jump head over heels just to say, oh, I'll be in it. I'll be in it. And it's not as hard to do this stuff anymore. I think even, like again, Jim, a Vader costume, you can buy those from the same people you buy your stuff, right? Right. Oh, yeah. You can buy screen accurate as long as you got enough money. Exactly. It's more of an issue of money as opposed to like, oh, yeah. oh crap, how do we do this without – Getting like right. the, again, twenty years ago, you probably would. If you wanted to create oh. a brand new stormtrooper costume, you probably needed the mold from Lucasfilm. Right, because now you know everybody's got three D printer and scans, and you know scans of the original costumes and all that. Absolutely, it's it's and in with the social media and the advent of the internet, eBay and Etsy and all that stuff, every you're connected to the whole world now. This is kind of like a new era of Star Wars fan film where it's no longer people in like second rate costumes that their aunt made them like dressed like Jedi. Like the only other fan film I don't, I think I've ever watched and I'm not including things like parodies, like troops and things like that. I'm talking about honest to God fan films. Someone did like a uh, fan interpretation of the duel between Darth Cadis and Jaina Solo. And it's just like, it's them in a room. It's like Zenger said, poorly lit. And it's just them t- like literally reading the book dialogue to each other. And it's just shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot. And it goes on for like 17 minutes. And I remember, I, I think it's one of the Star Wars groups that I'm part of like on Facebook. And people are like, this is the great, this is like maybe a year ago. Someone's like, this is the greatest Star Wars fan film yet. And I'm like, this is the best. Like, <laughs> I, 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 ugh, it's like, it doesn't say much for the other ones. That's why I think of a Star Wars fan films. At least this one wasn't in the woods somewhere. That's usually the hallmark of any Star Wars fan films. You see a lot of trees and like dead foliage. It's like, quick, let's go film this by the power lines near the highway where nobody will be able to see us. And it's always yeah, like that nerd, 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 nerd in the background the entire time. 
Yeah, but, well, another hallmark beyond the uh, the woods is usually there's like seven or eight guys in the one obligatory female who's either somebody's cousin or niece that gets dragged into this or guilted into it. Again, not saying that women can't be Star Wars fans. It's just you, there's like this level of just like I don't want to be here, and it's like I'm doing this because I feel sorry for someone in my family or my social circle. And but no, I think that's one thing because even in this, as I was watching it. There was like the actress that plays Padme, and I thought like I was shocked at the the uncanny resemblance she has to Natalie Portman. I was uh, just like, wow. Yeah, they did. As I said, this I had when I started this, I had low expectations because I watched it before it it blew up because it happened to show up as new on my YouTube. So when I saw it, it had very few hits. I must have seen it right when it came out. So I didn't have that. So I was like, oh, okay. And I went, whoa. Oh, yeah. This, this is cool. I think, this, I think you could say this is almost like a new benchmark in Star Wars fan films. I think this is going to be like, okay, this is going to kind of set the mold for how we're going to be looking at this stuff going forward. Yep. It'll set a bar pretty high. We need something beyond just the dweebs out in the woods. We need something that's like, okay, there's effort put into it. There's honest to God money. And even harder, it's not even just like easy money. This guy has to sit there, go find right. investors uh, more or less. I was I was impressed with it, as, as I said, all the way around. And, it's, and it sets the bar higher because there's companies out there that do, you know, fan films and stuff like that that do really good work. Was was that? It's that one network that always does a short film dust. I I don't know. There's a there's a, a group that does short films on YouTube, and they seem to be a big production company because the quality is unbelievable. And they're like dust, and all they do is short science fiction films, five six minutes. You get a chance, look them up. Their quality is excellent, and it this it ranks up there as much as this one does. I thought I was I was pretty impressed with it. As I said, there's there's take a fan film for what it is and then but this one you're right is there's something it's a higher level set on this one. well i think part of that is to the fact there's actually a story here it doesn't just feel like okay we're going to have darth vader fight mace windu uh the short film like again think about it. anybody can do it. somebody can go get a darth vader costume that's that's well made go sure. hire an actor or find a friend that resembles samuel jackson circa 2002 2004 and you could very easily make that fan film and, and bang it out probably in a couple of months. The thing about this is that it feels like there's a story they want to tell first, and the spectacle comes second. Right. The, the, the effects and the costume and everything are there to, to move the story along. Bingo. They're, they're not there just to say, oh, see what we can do? Yeah, and I think that that's the thing with any again, this applies not just for fan films, but any type of movie making. It's you the story and the characters have to be the foundation. Then your special effects, your choreography, your wow factor, that has to be the icing on the cake. You can't eat it basically again, you that's a, if you want to basically eat your icing for a meal, that's a Transformers franchise. The Transformers films are awful, don't watch them. But it's it's the idea that. Well, we, what about we, Bumblebee? That's not a Transformers movie. Wait, clarify. You mean the Bay ones, right? <laughs> yes, Sanger. Bayformers. I'm sorry, Bayformers. Thank you, <laughs> Sanger. When are we get that uh, Zeng this episode on the animated film from '85.
Uh, maybe you should tune in to tomorrow's episode and find out. Oh, or technically, you mean three uh, weeks ago's episode? Yeah. <laughs> tune in to us talking about the seven deadly sins again. I think that's kind of what this is because, again, like some of the effects in this, that again, it, it complements it. It's something it's very small. I think anybody who has access to like Adobe After Effects could do it. Is that at one point Vader during his? Are we calling it vision or hallucination? or delusion is that he sees yeah meditation and we see him we see young anakin talking to padme and she turns around and she starts talking to darth vader and as she's talking her eye she blinks and her eyes turn into the emperor's eyes Hmm. and that's a really that's a really nifty moment because again, you know, it's the special effects complementing what's going on in the scene between the characters. Because if you were to do that exact same scene, and you in the in the thing they have her voice change from Padme's to the Emperor's, and that's the easiest. That's one of the easiest special effects to do. Just play the audio of the the actor that's playing the Emperor over the Padme actor speaking. But again, it's the eyes that really sell that sequence. Yeah. And you and you, I don't think you could effectively do that even maybe even five years ago. I don't think the technology was there, at least at a consumer level. And th- again, that's one of those moments. I think out of anything in this, it's not the the clone troopers firing on Vader without his lightsaber, or or the like I said, the, I, I think one of the other really cool scenes in this was when you're seeing the oh god, how would you even describe it? It's kind of like. The Emperor is about to force electrocute, force lightning Vader, and he picks up the body of the Emperor's royal guard and uses it as a, as a, sh- a human shield. Right. And it's, it's very reminiscent. Again, I'm not, maybe because I'm, I'm a Schwarzenegger fan. It was very reminiscent of that scene in Total Recall when they're going up and down the escalator. And again, uh, Michael Ironside and his lackeys are shooting at Schwarzenegger. And so Schwarzenegger just picks up like a dead, co- like picks up a corpse and uses it as a shield to go up the escalator. And it, again, it, it's a small moment. And, and yes, it's during a spectacle sequence. Something as small as that would have been very difficult to do five years ago, yet because of the technology, you can help sell that scene as opposed to, again, if this was made ten years ago, it would have been force lightning against the lightsaber. It, it result, results in a stalemate between the two characters. So, Zenger, anything, anything that you want to highlight from this? No, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do next. I actually have it on loop on my laptop right now. It wouldn't be right unless Zenger's watching something while recording this. And and you know the only comment I'm going to give I'm going to kind of take back my dark lighting. It's probably to cover up maybe not the per not I mean the costumes are great, but it, maybe it's just to cover up like production and stuff like that. Because I mean it's not out of the ordinary for the emperor to be sitting in a darkened room. Yeah, but there's a little bit. It, it, it I, don't, I don't know if you guys picked up on this that his throne his his chair and his throne. Is the Snoke throne chair? Mm. Well, he's also on just a random star. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, star destroyer. Well, right, yeah, yeah, I get that. But if you look at the throne chair, it's the exact same. Obviously, it's not the exact same one, but it's the exact same design as the Snoke one. I did like the touch of if you notice out the window, you can see um, the the Death Star skeleton being built. I did not notice that. 
Yeah, there's a few shots where it shows outside the window, and Ooh. there's a, like, you can see it vaguely. It's just right out there. There's, like, this frame out in space, and it's the Death Star. That is awesome. I missed that. I, I didn't catch that. Yep. Thank you, Zanger. Yeah, if you look where he's, um, <laughs> where Vader's holding the lightsaber, and the Emperor's talking to him, and you can kind of see, like, this moon thing or something, you see, like, this outline. You get a better image of it. Let me see if I can find out what, like, minute mark well, it is. It, it looks like what it looked like at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Right. I mean, it probably does. I don't think it's there for the, 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 the vision shots. It's not there for that. Or the meditation shots, whatever we want to call them. The hallucination shots. Wait, is it? I, I think it's only there. Up, for... up, up. Wait, wait, wait. Moments when Zinger can prove Zach wrong. Uh-oh. Doesn't, doesn't happen very Oh, long. nope. It's there. Is it there? It is there. Oh, I thought they would have done that as a clever thing to, like, differentiate. Again, uh, subtle clues to differentiate the vision from the reality. At two minutes and 26 seconds, if you freeze frame... You can see a skeleton outside the window of the Death Star. Or right, something but, that's circular. All right, but is it there when he's there in the flesh? When it's actually, when he's talking to the Emperor later in the thing, is it there? Yes. It's there too? Let me find a minute mark. Because that's the only way to prove to you. No, uh, I believe you. If you eight say minutes there, in. Eight minutes in over the Emperor's left shoulder, you can see the skeleton outside. Oh, that's disappointing. I thought they'd be clever. They'd be more clever than that. I figured that'd be a, okay. You know what? I'm, I'm docking like a tenth of a point now from it for that reason. You didn't even know it was there a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I no, I knew it was there. I I, I'm losing, Zach is lo I'm losing faith in Zach. I'm losing faith in Zach. I thought it was. I thought it wasn't there for the vision or it was the other way around. And then like, to show again, a visual cue about again, whether I, I don't know, but I thought that's what they were doing. It's like, Oh, it wasn't there for the vision, but it's there when he's actually there in the flesh or maybe the other way around. I thought that, I, I think that would have been a more clever thing. He to has just to have fully thing. imagine he's out there <laughs> fighting the emperor. So he has to get every detail. Correct. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like I said, that's, it, it's, it's a minute, it's not even every, Detail correct. <laughs> okay. The only thing about the throne room, and like Zenger said, it's probably every to hide. detail. <laughs> yes, I think, I think we've made that loud and clear. There it is. I see it, Zenger. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm ignoring yeah, Zach now because he just decided to uh, <laughs> jump on something. I'm like, really, Zach? Okay. Guy nitpick, folks. You got somebody on this podcast there it is. has to attack. Two minutes something. and 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we're just oh. going to start yelling out time <laughs> we can okay only when zach's talking podcast. only when zach's talking hey, that works for me so that's going to be the entire podcast oh i think we've heard his feelings zanger <laughs> oh my god um it's funny yes okay so zanger what do you want to highlight from this i like the whole thing that's it yeah uh, okay, i like now, Zach, now, where do we go from here now that you've belittled the Death Star? Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I, like, I don't think we talk about the uh, the latter part where he goes to Naboo. You can change the subject. I'll let you go. Ahead. <laughs> I didn't belittle it. I took a, fra I took a, tenth, of a, a tenth of a percentage point off. It needs all of its percentage. 
that oh. that is that is Rotten Tomatoes scores right there, people. You're trying to take it down. Take it down. Not not my fan film. Yes, you're trying to not my fan film this. Oh and my! We won't tolerate it. So all right, so we'll go to we're going we're going to Naboo. Oh yeah, we're going to Naboo. I thought it was really cool that they. Um, I, I okay, maybe someone can correct me here. When Vader gets into his, I don't know what we're going to call it, Sith Starfighter, which is essentially the the Jedi Starfighter with the the hyperspace ring. Yeah, uh-huh. is that Jedi Starfighter? What color is that Jedi Starfighter? I'll be able to tell you in a minute. Okay, you tell me in a minute. I'm clocking you right now. Oh goddamn! You're under the, you're under the, the the stopwatch now, Sanger. All right. Uh, no, because if because I was curious the color of it. I tried. Uh, uh, doing it slow motion or frame by frame I couldn't tell Because in I think it was a Hasbro toy From like 2006 That they released again It's just it was a Hasbro way of just It is something. gray with gr- Black with gray accents And maybe red Even really better. dark Well yeah it's, it's really hard to tell Because no because back during uh, the 2006 uh, Toy line for Hasbro They released a, a Sith Starfighter It was Vader's and I couldn't because it looked just like. Oh, that hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. Eleven minutes twenty six seconds. There's a really good shot of the Death Star outside the window. Oh my God, we're going back to this again. Hey, you're the one that brought it up. No, I said in the the sequences of his of the Emperor's chambers. Outside of that, I'm willing to forgive. Oh, oh now he's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's back. Waffling. Yeah, I'm waffling. Oh, this is a fun podcast. Uh, but no, I thought that was really cool. Like, uh, I don't know if it ever made it into the EU, into any sort of storylines, though, but it definitely was a toy. Right, so side wipe in, in, <laughs> in light speed. I'm going to see if I can get a good view of this thing. Yeah, it's just black and gray. It's just black with gray, and then the inside cockpit is red. Okay, that makes sense. And that's what the toy See, looks like, so I'm happy. That's the best to my determination of watching it at one twenty-fifth its normal speed. All right, yeah, because I think okay. Uh, point of all this is that anything that borrows from a toy incorporate incorporates it into the the media. I dig that. You know what? I will give it uh, ten points for Gryffindor. Oh, so well, now he's trying to give the points back. Yeah, no, okay. He's feeling guilty about this whole thing, really. No, well, Zenger provided me with more evidence, and now I can sit there uh, give it points because I couldn't tell before. Sanger's going through this with a fine-tooth comb and a magnifying glass. Sanger can see all oh, the no, pixels on his computer brewing. So once Vader gets to Naboo, I really liked this. The only thing I thought was weird was that in the... Um, what are we even calling it? It's just what? A Naboo Palace? Is that what that's supposed to be? Just... Well, it, it, it looked like the catacombs or something. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. I, I really, it, it's, he lands at what looks like a palace, right? Yeah, building, and when he gets in, though, it's a really again, it's it's a very Mediterranean architecture, which is accurate to kind of the Naboo esque look. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and that's why I really dug that because it really had this kind of think about. We have like what Naboo was pretty much all CG except for a couple sequences in Phantom Menace, right? Because I think the only like what practical sequences are when Obi Wan and Qui Gon like jump over the the balcony and they rescue them from the the battle droid escort with the Queen and the Governor and all that of Naboo, 
And it, it has that You definitely get that vibe from it Which I get. I think looking at some of the behind the scenes stuff For this, I think a lot of that was CG'd This set is really Good, I don't know where they're at But it's done well I don't want to jump too far ahead And obviously I wants to mention anything Between that and there Is that the final shot of this Is we have the, the camera peering up at Vader Through the hole in the ground And we have him ignite his lightsaber And that's the end of it and it just—I was making—it was making me think. Like, is Vader maybe like the only character in media that, no matter what he does or how he's standing or just however he's posed, is just the coolest looking thing ever? I agree with that statement. I, I was just thinking about that. I, I think about it. you have a shot of Vader just kind of standing there, and he ignites his lightsaber, and he's just the coolest thing in the world. Again, he's not flailing around, twirling, or flipping through the air. He just does. It, again, it's very. It's a very similar shot, or I guess the pose is very similar to the ending of Rogue One, where Vader's in the the hallway, and we see him ignite his lightsaber. But it's just it's something so simple, yet it says so much. And not to get, not to bring this into the 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 sequel trilogy, and I think even fair to say even the prequels, there is nothing. And, and yes, there's there's forty years of cultural inertia behind Vader, but I I, I think this was a couple of months ago, or maybe even a year ago, Empire Magazine or one of those magazines, maybe Total Film or some someone like that, did like the greatest. 100 villains of all time in cinema And they ranked I think like Kylo Ren at like 23 And I'm like Like nothing against Kylo Ren as a villain But like His story's not complete He could turn to complete ass garbage before we know it Yes complete ass garbage Whatever that means uh, uh, How do I follow that one up folks And You don't like, Yeah I guess that's Okay so moving Two on minutes, 25 so. seconds <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode, 2 minutes and 25 seconds. I can't think of another villain. Maybe Jim can help me out here. Is there – and yes, it's not fair to compare a villain like Kylo Ren to Vader who has such a history. But Jim, even like beyond Star Wars, can you name a villain that's been in a movie, I guess since maybe what, two th- the year 2000, that's even half as iconic as Darth Vader? No. No one's even close. I'm trying to think. Nothing out of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, in terms of a bad, bad guy, no. The only one I could think of was Heath Ledger's Joker. And that's even more impressive because that's literally one film. Heath Ledger's Joker is unbelievable. I'll give you that. You know what? That's probably it. I'll think about that a minute, but I didn't think of anybody else. That, well, that's you know what, what I mean. Uh, you know, I, can you go horror films, though? Sure. You could go I'll to Jason. You. You, could go to, you could go to Jason. That's the eighties. That's Myers. the eighties. Yeah, but I, I don't mean. No, I'm talking about since the year two thousand. I'm thinking the last twenty years or so. Okay, fair enough. Like, I, no, don't be wrong. If you want to go through villains, you could. Yes, you could do a Michael Myers. There's there's a bunch of others you could sit through. You could do Agent Smith from the Matrix. There's there's a bunch you could do. Mister Anderson. There you go. Okay, I have, a, I have a question. This is completely off topic. I have to ask. Though. No, I, I can't do an impression of him for a long time. It's just that line. Oh no, Xander, you're not allowed to do any more impersonations until April Fool's Day. We gotta save that precious, precious voice box of yours. We gotta <laughs> go. <laughs> yes, we want. You, I want you every day to sit there, like drink, like a cup of olive oil to coat your vocal cords, <laughs> so nothing can oh. proceed for that recording. 
<laughs> Zenger's not going to talk for a month after that. For a half an hour straight, he has to talk like Alex Jones. Screaming. Um, the screaming, <laughs> yes. And, uh, no, but I have to ask, and J- maybe Jim would probably know best. Do you think we're ever going to get a fourth Matrix film? I thought they were working on one. I don't. You know what? I don't know where you go with it unless you go early on before. They've already done that, though. Yeah, no, they did that with the uh, uh, Animatrix. Right, the Animatrix. But again, freaks me out as a kid. Oh, it was rather interesting. I think that would be that would be the way I'd go with it. I think, in terms of you know full scale production movie. But no, I, I mean, if you could get the brothers to do it again, I don't know. The Wachowski siblings. Sibling or whatever they are. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to have to bleep that. We're going to have to bleep that. So much bleeping in this episode. Oh, um, but, oh but yeah, I think, you know what? It, it would be interesting. The last one, the, the last Matrix, or the last two, really got to me a lot, started to feel a lot like Transformer movies. In terms of not seeing them worked on anything, I, uh, I they just kind of felt they were doing things to do them because they could do them, not because they moved the story front, like we were talking about on this fan film. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Go ahead, back. No, I no, I brought it up, so that's that's on me. That's that's another point I get taken away from me, right, Zanger? Yes, I'm keeping but, track. Well, like Zanger, I can't wait to see episode two. Apparently that's going to cost, I think, a quarter of a million dollars. I have no idea. Could. Yeah, no, that's no, that's what he said. I, I watched one of the videos. That's what he said. I think he said it's either it's either two hundred thousand or two hundred and fifty. Such a difference. <laughs> hey, yeah, fifty thousand dollars. Too bad he can't do a uh, a GoFundMe page. He does have a Patreon. Yeah, he can. No, it's like, again, he's got to be creative how he raises the money because I think even in one of the videos he says. If um if somebody like comes to him and says like oh like I have this product or this service can I sponsor the video he can do that that that's not off limits he just can't again like we said he can't do crowdfunding or monetize the final product no no I think in terms of what he did he he hit the right topic and he did the right things in the episode to make you want a second one. Going back to, I guess the the idea of picking like a fan, like a, I think about you're going to do a fan film that that's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And my biggest thing would be like, what character do you settle on? Oh, easy. You do the most iconic one you got. Yeah, but you could very easily do like the only thing about Vader. Nelstroid. The- <laughs> I think Star the Star Wars show does it already with cheese. Uh. Okay, I guess nobody here watches the Star Wars show? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, that went over everybody's heads. No, but like, okay, my only problem with that, Jim, is that you said you go with the most iconic character. The problem with going with the most iconic character is that everybody already has their uh, predisposed to have a very concrete idea of what Vader is and isn't. So you're. I think that's another one of the triumphs of this fan film is that you are walking a very fine line as to what the character, the characters, considering that, you're going to have you're going to have Mace Windu. You have you have Palpy. Even though Palpy really can't sh- you can't really go too far off the rails with him. But the thing about Vader though is that with Vader, I mean, you, you, can't- you could. 
No. The furthest you could ever get away from the Emperor would be Seth MacFarlane Emperor. It's a perfection. It is, but I don't think... Like, the only way to get... Like, the, the Emperor is so corn, uh, corny, even in, like, Re- like, Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. You really can't go further away from him. Then, or you can, and then it becomes parody. I think about Zinger. Like we like for the last year, we've been talking about how the last Jedi did Luke Skywalker wrong, or or they've done Han Solo wrong, or whatever. It's you, we could talk about. You could very easily do a Darth Vader thing, and people would start complaining that you're doing Vader wrong. How do you do the Emperor wrong? Like, is there a way? I don't think there's a way to do the Emperor wrong. You, I really you've don't. gotta have him being like exactly from the movies or a complete parody of himself. Which, which is, but but again, even Seth MacFarlane is grounded in what the character is from Return of the Jedi. This is true. That that's what I mean, though. So, like, you can't really screw up the Emperor. You can't screw up Padme. Uh, Mace Windu. I don't think you could screw him up either because we really didn't. We never really got him as a, a character. Like that's funny. He, it's funny how he's a major character in all three of the prequels. Yeah, I don't think we ever got a firm grasp on him. But with Vader, you can... Aside from like, him being the ultimate villain. <laughs> yes, as we discussed a couple weeks ago. That's an issue that, again, like Jim brought up, is that you do iconic, but the problem, though, is that if you if you get too far away from... Like, I've heard stories from people like that have been reading the new Vader comic saying, like, oh, I don't believe Vader would have done this, or, oh, I don't believe Vader would have... Blah 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 blah, and it's and it's explained away by defenders or proponents of the new comic series, which I think finally came to an end, in saying like, "Oh, this is Vader when he's very young. This this is a very young Vader in the sense of he's still getting acclimated to his to his uh, oh god his suit, the the loss of a lot of his power being uh, taken away by the the Mustafar duel and all this." And that's how we kind of explain some of that away. And I can don't be wrong. Maybe that's um, the author's intent. But at the same time, though, I wonder if I think what's the term we've used before? Apologist. It's like, oh, you're expl- you're you're apologizing for the inadequacies by explaining them away as part of the the narrative. And again, only the author truly knows whether that's their intent or not. But I think. That is a a peril with any sort of fan film, and I think that's why we are getting something like The Mandalorian. That's like again, think about it. they could very easily have made the ban- the Mandalorian the Boba Fett TV show, and even though I think probably for all intents and purposes they're just changing the name of the character in the armor, and it's probably all intents and purposes Boba Fett the TV show. But I think that is a a peril is that so many people now have a a concrete idea of how these characters should behave, and you know a lot of that isn't grounded in reality. Or in the canon, it's just you. You have it's like uh, the Man of Steel thing. It's, it's a perception. You, yes, bingo, bingo, bingo. And I think that's it's it's like like Man of Steel and Superman. It's like I am not a comics person. I am not a huge Superman film. Uh, this Superman conversation fan. is about to get fun. <laughs> but when you watch Man of Steel and he goes around and is is pretty much responsible for murdering twenty million people, and you have Zack Snyder come out and say, "No, this is exactly what he did in the comics every every month back during the '30s and '40s," it's like, no, no. Like if you want if you want to make a homicidal Superman as as your interpretation of the character, Hack Snyder has every right to do that. But you can't do that and then say, oh, no, that's how the character was established all along. 
I mean... Nah, I'm not going to even defend it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we've got... I think when we've had Eric on, on before, he he's defended Man of Steel. And I think I, I like it. I, I like it in the sense of it's it's great Superman, but it's it's just... It's it's great. It's a great Superman movie, but yes, the the level of destruction is um, absurd. Uh, yeah, and I understand that you know someone with that power that would happen, but at the same time, it's like that kind of was the problem with a lot of the DC movies is they're so dark and brooding because they had their their icon of justice being this angry individual. Good old Hack Snyder. Yes, it only took what. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It took them five movies to finally get it right. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I saw somebody said they wanted to walk out of Aquaman, and I wanted to punch them. Did you Benton. see Aquaman yet? No, I haven't, but I'm like, come oh, on. Aquaman. It can't be that bad. Aquaman, in terms of the DC movies, is excellent movie. It has got a great soundtrack. You like the characters. It's got good guys. It's got bad guys. It's got special effects. It's just an effing movie, folks. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> okay. Um, remember when uh, Zenger's quote for Attack of the Clones on the DVD box was, it's a film that people watched? Um, <laughs> Jim's comment on the box art for Aquaman is going to be, it's just an effing film. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make that. It's gonna be in the uh, the Facebook group. Right? What is it? <laughs> <an> <laughs> <acting film. laughs> oh man, Jim, that might be one of my favorite insights you've ever given on this podcast. I don't know if it's much of an insight, but you know. Oh, it's you'd be shocked for the DC movies. It's it's an immense insight. <laughs> it's it, but in terms, it. it Aquaman, it got the beach right. Is it predictable in spots? Yes. But aren't most of these style movies? But yes. it's got, you have to see you have to see Aquaman on the big screen. It has to be seen on the big screen because some of the fight scenes are just so dang epic. There is a million things going on in the background. It is in terms of the movie, it's it's an enjoyable movie to watch. My daughter likes it. For a variety of reasons, I don't know. Maybe Jason's in it. I don't oh, know. Oh man, Momoa! Oh my word! But you know what? He did again. This is not an Aquaman review, so I'm done. I'll no, no. Let's talk about Aquaman. Let's talk about. Uh, let, let, let's, let's talk about a fan film. Another fan film. All right. Okay. No, I've been talking about the Aquaman movie. Oh, you think that's a fan film? Ah, I mean, anything to get Snyder film. away from from it. Well, it, but in terms of it, it, it hit a heck of a lot more beats than most of the other DC movies. It really did. Even my daughter likes it. My daughter's pretty hard on movies. She was willing to go back and see it again, other than Jason. Besides Jason, he was a big part of it. But and that, that's all right. But yeah, where, where, where were we? We got Meet Bajor soundtrack. Where are we back? We're we are talking. We we are talking about the biggest screen you can see Aquaman on. Well, I'm at. Well, you know what? And even my daughter got done with watching the movie. She's dad. Besides Jason, it needs to see a, a this on a big film. She wants to see it on IMAX next screen because there's just so much going on. It really it's got that epic feel to it, which is nice, nice scale to it. 
Aquaman is inexplicable. I cannot figure out how that movie works. Like there are so many things in that movie that should it's it should make it fall apart. It works. I really it's it's truly an inexplicable film. I I, I as I watched it and I kind of like I, I remember, oh god, Aquaman's like I remember that was the joke in what? Entourage was James yeah. Cameron's Aquaman. That was like the running joke throughout the entire series of that. It's like, oh, what's the most absurd like big budget movie that we can think of james cameron's aquaman like a 300 million dollar aquaman movie and yet how many years later there's literally a 200 million dollar aquaman film and somehow like it's and that's like jim says it's goofy it's uh bonkers and somehow it all comes together in the end it has it even it was funny the minute i saw some of the characters go oh those are stormtroopers and my daughter goes you know what dad you're right they are <laughs> it's just, but it just the, the, sh- the movie works in terms of what it is. It's an enjoyable movie. The, I enjoyed the soundtrack to it. I thought the soundtrack was good. It just had an epic feel to it where most DC films do not. And uh, it's got likable characters in it. A lot of DC films do not have that. It was good. I enjoyed it. But okay, that's my kick on that movie. Where are, we, are we done with this one yet on, this, on the shards of the past? All right. Anything else you want? Because Zenger basically had a one sentence review of this fan film. He I, enjoys it. I, I enjoy it. I, I wish I could say more, but I'm kind of like it, it was good. It it's it's a fan film. It's I I feel like the only way you can really talk about fan films are if they're awful. Because if they're good, it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, it's good. So well, go it, make a bad one, or we need to talk about a bad one. Well, in Z- in, in terms of what Zenger is saying, I agree with him because this one is. Zach said, this sets the bar pretty high. This isn't your ordinary fan film by any stretch of the imagination. It really is not. It's, it's, it's definitely got some real high-quality cinematics in it, I think, in terms of they really work to put something together that everybody would like. And it shows the amount of hits it's got on YouTube. Yeah, it's like up to, like, what, 5 million? 5.7 million. What he said. Oh, man. We're so close to that hit-wise. I think, what, we only need another, like, uh, 5695000 and then we'll be, like, almost practically there. I know. We'll be so close. <laughs> so, so close. Two, and it's only been out two weeks. Uh, but uh, so this is my question. Though, like, um, okay, Jim, you're, you're the big Star Trek fan here. And you know all about, like, how there's, like, a bunch of Star Trek fan films that, like, get, like, legit... Like people crowdfund those, and there's yeah. even like what the law was it the uh, Abraxit, not Abraxis, uh, Axonar, the Axonar fan film where like what CBS sued the 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 creators of that. Oh, I've seen the. I've never watched it, that particular one, but I've seen it. Right. And so this is my question though. Like, let's say this is like really successful at this point. I think the jury's still out. We don't know how this is exactly uh, resonating with the fan base. To be fair, I haven't looked too hard, but I haven't seen the Star Wars podcasting cartel talk about this. I haven't seen uh, the not much Star Wars fans talking about this. So I think this is kind of like in a weird sort of like, a, I don't want to say purgatory, but it's like outside of the two major groups that kind of control the narrative about Star Wars and the fan community. So I'm trying to think, like, where does, where does this fan they're film? It. They're just not, they're watching it. They're just not talking about it. They have my review of it, but I mean, but they're at five, I mean, if they're at five point seven million, there's a conscious effort not to talk about it. Okay, that, okay, that, seven that. mils in in two weeks 
is a hell of a lot. Well, I don't know if maybe they're jealous because they didn't come up with it or it's not their fan film. I don't know, but someone's watching it. Not my fan film. <laughs> Everything is like, not my podcast, not my film, not my Luke Skywalker. Yeah, but that was – okay, Jim's, Jim's touching on what I was going to ask him. Is that – so considering that we do have a very competitive – to use a very sanitized term, uh, fan base for Star Wars, and everybody and their brother in the fan community is trying to make money off Star Wars. Like, is there a reason why, like, the podcasting cartel and the not my Star Wars people aren't highlighting this? Like, don't get me wrong; they've probably addressed it to some They're capacity. Scared of it. Well, I, I, I tell you why. Here's my take on it: because they can't bitch about it and tear it to shreds. And that, and that's why you think. So this is this weird sort of phenomenon. I, okay, Jim, I agree with you there. And so is this a, a weird I, I sort of? I said pho- that. I said they they have my review of it, where it's just like it's there, it's good. There's no, you can't talk about something that's oh, good for too long. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can dissect anything if you try hard enough. And, and yeah, you, I guess I I disagree with that. But getting to Jim, what Jim was saying is that so are we at a point in the Star Wars fan base? Where if something is too positive that we just don't address it, it's just like, oh, we're, we're, all we're going to do is highlight the crap or the things that, that create the head. Like, I, I, I guess you can't make a headline off this. You can't say uh, shards of the past ruined Star Wars or shards of the past is misogynistic. Well, that's right. But they're watching it because there's 5.7 million views of this. So – Someone's told two friends, and they've told two friends, and they've told two friends. We're two weeks into this thing. Let it sink in a little bit more, then maybe someone else will address it. But the problem is, like Zanger said, you can't rip this thing to shreds. This is a fan film, and it has got high-quality standards. It's it's set the bar. I, I, you know, and I, I agree with, I think, that they're going to have to talk about it and address it if they want to talk talk about it. In terms of its its quality, but again, I think they can't tear it to shreds because this thing is pretty strong. But this is this is my question now: Why aren't the not most Star Wars fans holding this up, saying, "See, the fans are doing a better job than Kathleen Kennedy is"? Well, give you know, what? give it. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Give it time. This has only been two weeks out. Has Star Wars misstepped recently? Right. They haven't. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, there's, there nothing has, there, there's nothing to screw up. There, it's, there's nothing out showing right now, right, Zanger? Right? Is that yeah. what you're there, there, we haven't seen anything from Nine for them to be like, oh, this is, they aren't doing it correctly. Let's hate. There, it, there, there's, there's nothing to go off of right now. It's just them sitting there patiently waiting for their moment to be like, this is it. We can, we can be mad again and be like, look at what they did here. This was perfect, and why can't you guys do this? And you know what? That may come out. If episode nine is, they get another episode under the belt of this, and episode nine is not everything they're making it out to be. Am I allowed to mention uh, YouTube channels I watch on for episode nine? Am I allowed to mention them? Sure. I mean, are you sponsored by them? How can we, how can we get sponsored by them? Please continue. <laughs> no, no, no. Mike, Mike Zeros. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, but, it, but in terms of what he talks about, he... The way he does it is he gives bits and pieces of it. There's other ones out there. But in terms of what he talks about, he gives it in small doses and talks about episode nine a little bit. And I, my 
attention span on this stuff tends to be about the six minutes he talks about. But there's other ones out there. I get that. But, you know, eventually, if they're all watching this at 5.7 million in two weeks, everybody's going to be talking about this because it's in terms of Star Wars, it's probably the best thing that's sitting out there right now. That's my thing, though, is that, like, as we all know, everybody on the Internet, we all have about 0.003 seconds of attention span. So if this thing hasn't already hasn't in two weeks, hasn't resonated which again, I don't. I don't like. I don't pretend to know that I have my finger on the pulse of the Star Wars fan base as a whole. Get it on but, that pulse. Well, I, I don't even have a finger. I wish I was, I'm not even anywhere near it. I'm somewhere near the forehead looking for a pulse. And guys, I found the eyeballs. <laughs> and but the thing is, is that like by the end of this month, we're gonna have the episode nine title, and that's going and that's going to suck the air out of the fandom. And or Turn who us knows? against each other. Oh God! I, okay, well, well, maybe we'll end the episode with that. But if you again, like how I've said numerous times, but not now, a lot of people. But not a lot of people watch fan films, though. That's it's a niche. It's a niche. But five point seven. Yes, it's it, in the scheme of the internet is a niche thing. But look at look at all the other uh, Star Wars YouTube channels, like the the fan ones. Most of their videos, even their most popular ones, usually top out at around two million views. Right, like like you already said, Jim. This is at triple. At what most of them top out at. This right. is clearly out of everything rising to the top, and, and rightfully so. But right. it's a question that I don't know why neither side. It's kind of like what happened with Solo. Solo bombed the box office. The not much Star Wars people were taking credit for it, saying, "See, look, everybody's mad about the Last Jedi, hence it's bombing." Yet the Star Wars podcasting cartel, and maybe not them, but their their acolytes were saying, "See, Solo's bombing because people don't want a white male lead in, in, at the head of Star Wars anymore." And so you have this weird thing where everybody's taking credit for something, and yet nobody is. It's it, again not to reiterate what I've already said a couple times now, but it's odd that everybody's leaving this alone. And again, for whatever reason, I'm not I'm not trying to say we have to determine here and now. It's more of a rhetorical no. question. It's just I think it's peculiar that for a Star Wars fan base and like you two both said we're kind of in a dead space when it comes to new star wars content except for resistance really we haven't we haven't had anything new star wars except oh, for resistance wait, that's right that exists hey i like that they released a new trailer today and we finally apparently it's gonna take it takes place during the force awakens and we're going to see I, it's also supposedly good it's also they announced a, a season two for that so i was wrong I said they weren't going to do a season two of this, and uh, clearly I was incorrect, which I'm glad. Shame about. on you. I, I really like Resistance. Did I tell you that, Jim? No, I, 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 I haven't paid attention to Resistance yet. I have to go back and watch it. It's it gets a lot better. Like, like I know we talked about that, and we were all were like, eh. And I know you were like, this is obviously not made. Oh, I'll be back one second. Got... Okay. Yeah, keep and, going. And I have to say that it gets much better. It's not Rebels, Rebels or Clone Wars yet good, but it is becoming more of it's 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 becoming its own thing. Good. 
And that's I, I hope people give it a chance going forward. I, I could again, we're only halfway through the first season, but considering what they've shown in the season uh, part two of season one trailer, I think this will be something because it's going to tie in with the Force Awakens because they do show that apparently that part in the Force Awakens where Hux is uh, chewing the scenery on Star Killer Base before they destroy the Hosnian system, he they apparently the First Order broadcast that to planets outside of. Wow. Killer base. So it seems like the entire galaxy got to see the destruction of the Hosnian system. Oh, wow. So I don't know, but it seems like resistance is upping its game. I've even seen pictures on like a, a part of the collecting sites that I'm part of on Facebook. The toys are the resistance toys are starting to show up in stores now. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't watch the show, but I really like the design of the characters and like the, the design of the characters in toy form. It, it, maybe it'll it'll get some traction, especially if it like this is. If there's a, if it's the only thing Star Wars and it gets good, then you're all right. Remember, because there was nothing going on but Clone Wars for the longest time. That was the dark times, though. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, my, can I tell my favorite my fa- my uh, other fan film I've watched several times I've enjoyed. Jim, what is your favorite fan film that you've watched numerous times? The Star Wars ones. There's several of them out there, but the one I always tend to go back to is uh, is uh, the 2018 Stormtroopers. Oh, and it's it's about stormtroopers from their point of view. You know, it's 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 a fan film. What's in it that makes it stand out to you? Because I was looking at their costumes, their uniforms, while I was working on mine. And I enjoyed it. It's not very long. It's probably what? It may be a little bit longer than this one. Okay, no, so it's not 16 minutes. It's it's more like around 8 to 10. But there's also another one from 2017 or 16. But this is a new one. And it's 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 pretty cool. I enjoyed it. It's kind of, kind of a different take and coming from the Stormtroopers point of view. And what was the name of it again? It's called Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, okay. And, be, and that's accessible. It's on YouTube? Yeah, that's where I've watched it. Okay, so if anybody's interested in that, go check it out. I haven't seen it, and uh, I'll probably go watch it if it's only what fifteen minutes or so. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not even that. It's uh, it's just a little bit different take, and uh, you know, some of the production quality is not this, but it's I was you know for, as a fan film, I thought someone put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah, I think I think that's cool. I think uh, a lot of fans should be doing is that enough sitting on the sidelines, and you should put some of your your oh god energy into Star Wars instead. Don't of, do again, it. Well, go do it or don't do it. I don't know either. Whatever. <laughs> don't don't make don't don't try to make me happy. No, but I think <laughs> whatever that meant. Uh, the thing I think Star Wars fans have to learn that, like, when you have like energy about Star Wars, whether it be positive or negative, don't just sit behind the keyboard and like furiously type into it. What you should be doing is, again, be like John Justice or Star Wars Theory or like any sort of like creative people. It's just put your energy into something productive behind it, like whether it be Jim podcast. Wait, don't do that. No, it's not, I think that's I think that's fair. And even even the people are who are the, but then we'll have competition. Oh yeah, well that <laughs> that, that goes without saying. Every time I type in Star Wars into the podcast search, and it's like oh three hundred results. Okay, next day 
500 results. That's odd. And like a month later, it's like they, like it, they, they, they duplicate, they, they multiply like rabbits, Star Wars podcast. Which is out. Which is out. It's like a little infinity sign at one point. Uh, but no, I think that is something that people should do. Take, take your love of Star Wars and channel it into something productive. I think I think I, that's kind of the goal of, of Star Wars. I'd say is that like like do what Lucas did. Lucas loved the, the the serials of yesteryear, so he took a lot of the core concepts of those and a bunch of other things. Very like Flash the, Gordon. Yeah, Flash Gordon. Uh, Isn't that what like he was trying to do? And they're like, no. And they were like, okay, I'll go make my own thing then. Well, yeah, he tried. He claimed. Okay, now. Okay, not now, but in the last few years, he claimed he tried to get the rights to Flash Gordon, and he couldn't. There's, there's a lot of. Uh, I was trying to get the rights to, to Flash Gordon, and I, uh, I decided I wanted to do Gungans. Gungans. <laughs> That's my line. Do not take that away from me. <laughs> I try to pronounce it correctly, and I keep messing it up. You, you are pronouncing it correctly. I know. I'm trying to catch myself and actually pronounce it like you do. No, that's that's the joke. You say Gungans, and I always have to quote unquote correct you with Gunga. Yeah, right. Breadbox. Got it. <laughs> that's my favorite Netflix movie of all time, Breadbox. That's what she's going to, right? She wears the blindfold so she can get to the bread box. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Just, just, uh. It's not even a box. It's like a... Just a hump. Is it, is it, did she find the box with the bird? I haven't seen movie? it. I don't know. You're asking the very wrong person in this scenario. All right. If anybody's seen Bread Box starring uh, Sandra Bullock, let us know if she finds the, the box at the end with the bread. Like, does, does she make a sandwich? Is it just toast? Heck, is she, maybe she's having a bowl of soup and just wants some bread with it. All righty, guys. Anything else you want to say about Vader, Shards of, Shards of the Past? Wait, do we already do our favorite fan films? Yeah, you missed that. I did that while you ran off. You go ahead and give us yours. Oh, oh no, he, wait, he am, I supposed, shot. am I supposed to do parody films or actual ones? Everything you want. Okay, because, by the way, Zach, uh, for our thing, I've got a few parody ones I forgot existed, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sith Apprentice, 2005. It's awesome. I'm going to go with, and I'm surprised no one pointed this out, the animated TIE Fighter thing. Oh, God, not this again. No, it's freaking awesome. I, no one's doubting that though, but I think we've made that loud and clear that you that 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 is Zenger's favorite piece of fan <laughs> fan media. Uh, only only second to if someone can do a fan media of a Star Destroyer in atmosphere. <laughs> There's gotta be some piece of fan media that exists of that. Done well. I've seen stuff. Oh. It's awful. Saying, I wanted to ask you, what did you ever think? Did you ever see that um, animatic? I think it was on Instagram, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. That apparently one of JJ's um, openings for, or I guess tentative openings for The Force Awakens would have been very similar to A New Hope, where we see like a, I don't know, like the Star Wars equivalent of a tugboat dragging a Star Destroyer and it drops it into... Um... Orbit. Yeah, and yeah. it falls apart. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Well, what is your thoughts on that, Curiosity? Does that fill the niche or the, the itch of Star Destroyers in atmosphere? Or? No, because it's falling apart. No, so it doesn't. Okay, so if a Star Destroyer is falling apart in the atmosphere, that is a no-go. No, it has to be, like, intact. Gotta get that oh. fear into the population. Okay, cool, cool, gotcha. Um, just, wanted to make, on, just wanted to clarify that. Anything else we have to say about Shards of the Past? 
Nope. It's it's excited to see the next one. Yep, I'm looking forward to see the next one too. I feel bad. Like like how do you considering this is the 2019 Star Wars where we're gonna have a new something every day week of this year. How do you release this without getting caught up in the uh, the hype of inserts next Star Wars project here? Just go well, out with a big smile on your face. Well, but also it would differentiate. We're talking about this particular show. Uh, this like a web series, this fan web series. Yeah, but I, I think the reason is because of, of the production quality is so high. It doesn't oh. get lost. No, but what I mean though is that, um, like, how do you like considering that? Like, I, I, I don't know when they're going to start filming part two. I think he's still raising money for it but let's just say for example let's say he gets enough money this winter and spring they film it in the summer and they're able to have it out by i don't know fall. the end, end of the year well end of the year let's just say end of the year same time that this one came out how do you do that during the hype of episode nine like does this okay this is my question i guess if this gets released the same time a year a year from now does it get caught up and, and lost in the hype of episode nine or does it excel even more because it will be a star wars thing around with a major star will it complement episode nine? Oh, i think people have as long as it comes around at a reasonable time i think it'll complement it i think it'll it'll go on i don't have a problem with it i think it'll go on all right zanger i i agree i think it'll go on as well I can't again. Like I said I can't help that feel some of this uh, between just the stuff that Lucasfilm is doing. Never mind all the fan stuff in between. I can't. I can't help but feel something. Something gets lost in the shuffle. I, I whether it be this or uh, like. But well, think about it, though. Come this December, look at all we're going to have. We're going to have Clone Wars saved. The Mandalorian episode nine. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens in Florida. It's it's like so much it's it I, I don't know like forget about people's pocketbooks i'm not even looking at it that way i just have no idea like even on this podcast like I, like in december we joked about like every what zenger we talked about like every december there's gonna be an episode about the holiday special there's gonna be one about festivus yeah like how, how are we going to there's gonna be a recap of um clone wars yeah when do you do the annual forces Zinger to watch Attack of the Clones? Well, that's up to you. You're the one who likes talking about that. I don't. <laughs> Says the guy who said, I have a great episode for an ep- for episode of the podcast. <laughs> I have a great I have a great idea for an episode of the podcast. See how angry I am this year about it. You'd be surprised. Okay, Jim, I want your opinion on this. Considering that uh, come like the end of November to the end of December, we're going to get Clone Wars Saved, The Mandalorian, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and Episode Nine all in the span of about thirty days. How do Star Wars fans like balance this? Like after a while, there's only so much oxygen in the room. Well, yeah, and I tell you, they that will be an issue. You could have burnout on Star Wars all over again. You know, it's all so much. It's all overwhelming. But if, if the movie, if episode nine is good, and I think the other thing is if they get the advertising right on this, it'll be okay. I, I think it'll be, it'll just add to the hype, and I think it'll carry people over. 
putting the shards of the past aside, it's like like let's say for example, I guess I guess this is a question for our audience. It's no, it's the end of not okay. Okay, once episode nine come out, the nineteenth, December nineteenth, I think. Uh huh. Is that true? It's, it sure. sounds about right. It comes out the the Thursday the night the nineteenth. And you're looking at the calendar, and again, we still don't know when Disney streaming service, Disney Plus is starting, and all that, though. But it's like, how are we going to discuss all this stuff? It's like, are we going to sit there and be like, okay, we got Clone Wars saved, people will want us to talk about. We got The Mandalorian, people will want us to talk about. We got Episode 9, that's going to be at least two or three episodes. It's it's just like, how much can you do, like, is it is a fan... Uh, discussion or podcast where we talk about this stuff. It's like it's 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 a glut. It's like and like there's gonna be things. Let's just again for the sake of argument, let's throw shards of the past episode two in here. It's like how much like how much is there? Can we have on our plate? I feel like I'm going to the Star Wars buffet and I keep loading my plate with more and more food. It's just like like again, and Jim already addressed this, saying maybe we're going to reach oversaturation, but it's just. Oh my lord, it's like when is it going to be the breaking point? There's gonna be books, there's going to be uh, uh, lord knows what else. I, w- I think Zenger and I speculated a few months ago, it's only a matter of time until we get an official Star Wars podcast. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's like it will be oh. this one, said nobody. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I was gonna say, but you beat me to it. I know this is really far off from Shards of the Past, but it's just like I, I don't know. It's this weird sort of like, like shotgun approach. Well, but see, but here another thing, Zach. Some people don't watch Clone Wars at all or Star Wars fans. The nice thing about this is it's going to be like a buffet line. You'll be able to pick and choose what you want to watch. Like, I know a lot of people aren't fan of the Clone Wars, the, the series, but they're just only the movie fans. So, and I think, I think it'll be okay as long as they're, as long as they're good. As long as they're good and, and, you know, they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends. I think you're going to be okay, but if you know if it if it has the division like the Last Jedi did, I think they're going to be in trouble because this will be two films in a row that have created problems. See, this goes back to the thing we discussed at the beginning of the episode. When I was a kid, it was so freaking cool to find someone else who liked Star Wars. Now it's like a oh god dang it because <laughs> it's 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 the oh you like Star Wars oh I like Star Wars too and then it's just this awkward staring at each other until one of you goes so what'd you think of last jedi and then either a fight breaks out or you walk off patting each other on the back they have a lot riding on this episode nine because everything's pivots off of it it just does no pressure well okay this is a topic for another day but maybe some uh, food for thought is that keep in mind that a lot of people made not a ton of money, but as we know, a lot of most of the not much Star Wars people live on YouTube, and many of those videos got half a million views because, uh, again, the humiliation of Kathleen Kennedy, uh, how la- ten reasons why the Last Jedi ruined the Star Wars franchise. You have to keep in mind. That even if episode 9 is the cinematic equivalent of the second coming of Christ, there's going to be a contingent of people on YouTube that it's just – there's money to be made in attacking Star Wars. There's a, there, there, there is money to be made. 
and I think that's the issue is that it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter anymore if this stuff is objectively good or bad. It's 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 like Solo. Solo was Solo is a perfect at worst is a decent film. At worst, you might not like it, but it's not insulting. It's not uh, it's not stupid. It's not controversial. It is the definition of a very. It's like it's the uh, equivalent of Briar's vanilla ice cream. It's nothing to get excited about, but it's nothing that's going to make you sick. And, um, and I th- as somebody who's lactose intolerant, I beg to differ. Oh okay. my! <laughs> oh, there's always that one guy in the class. Um, I mean, I'll no. eat it, but oof, I wouldn't be around me the rest of the day. <laughs> oh man, what a classy podcast this is! Fuck. <laughs> Are you, are you sure you want to mug people? Well, I guess it's too late. We have your money now, so joke's on you. <laughs> All the money. All that sweet, sweet mug money that's being mm, sold to you at cost. money. Alrighty, and on that note. <laughs> end it like that. Do it. Yeah, we're, we're going to end it on that note. Anyth- okay, gentlemen, any, uh, anything else you'd like to, to, to mention on this episode? Anything else you'd like to get off your chest, whether it be about shards of the past or not? I think if you get a chance, there's a lot of fan films on YouTube. Give them, a, give them a watch. Some are better than others, but everybody's trying, to, you know, to you know to participate in the Star Wars realm and uh, enjoy this one. The Shards of the Past is a seems to be a uh, cut above the rest. Yes, everybody's trying to participate in the Star Wars Renaissance, and some are doing a better job at it than others. Clearly, we are the latter of that. <laughs> Uh, self-deprecating humor. It never gets old. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and chances are you will find us. Find us on Instagram, KOV Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to Anisperiority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them and their latest album, Semi-Perfect Yet Sublime. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at Cinemodies, or if Twitter decides to suspend that count as well, well, maybe you can do some smoke signals and I'll look up to the, the skyline and to interpret what sort of Star Wars nonsense you have to say. Um, come hear me talk about movies on the Cinemodies podcast. We'll be talking about Lord knows what. I have no idea what we're even talking about that week. And where can people find you, Force Ghost Jim? Uh, I'm on Twitter at JT Star Destroyer or on Facebook at. Uh, you can find me through the uh, the podcast. There, I yep. I'm on that pretty good. Yep, Jim's always lurking, and you can find him if you post something that grabs his attention in the Facebook group. Uh, you can find me as well on th- every Thursday now. On my podcast, Zing This, where it's tons of nerdy topics. I don't know what we're talking about this week either, because this episode is happening in the future. So, oh yes, in the, in the <laughs> Lord knows when future. Uh, three weeks from now, you said. Uh, no, it should be. This episode should be going out uh, the twenty fourth, but chances are we'll probably be getting episode nine announcement either probably in the next probably two weeks. There's a very real possibility. Uh, if things this go as planned, pop- we will be discussing the classic from nineteen eighty six, the Transformers movie. I think you mispronounced the the name Crimes of Grindelwald, but I will forget. <laughs> soon, it. soon, we will do it soon, sir. Goddamn better. And then you better start talking about. Oh, I can't wait for the Zengies this year.
I can't wait for Zenger the category where Zenger, all the movies Zenger needs to talk about. <laughs> oh man, that, that list is already getting long. Oh, I already got two. You're not going. We know for certain one you're never going to hear the end about. Oh, what Grindelwald? Yeah, and Mandy. Oh God. <laughs> Did you see Into the Spider Verse? Working on it. Oh my lord, Zenger! Since that movie pass thing fell apart. I know. It's like I don't go to the movies now. <laughs> You should get Cinemia. They're, 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 they're trying to get me back, by the way. Oh, I bet they are. Yeah, if they told me, you can't come back for nine months, they're like, hey, you want to come back? <laughs> you like that clingy X. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Zanger, what's your moment of Zang? Uh, everyone make sure to go get some pictures of Spider-Man and send them to J.K. Simmons for his birthday today. Oh, today's J.K. Simmons' birthday? Yeah. Happy two weeks ago birthday, J.K. Simmons. Hope you got those pictures of Spider-Man. Is it him or or Jay Jonah? No, it's it's always him. It's always it's always Spider Man. Okay, he was cool beans. Perfect. It was a perfect Jay Jonah Jameson. I I think I think you again once again you mispronounced Detective Gordon. Oh God, dang it! <laughs> Singer doesn't even remember that. <laughs> no, I do. I just try to forget it. Alrighty, everybody, have a good night. Bye. Bye, Force Coach Jim. Good night. Have a good one, guys. No, you know what? One final thing on Aquaman. This is a knock against the film. Um, it has no 9-11 imagery in it. Every other DC movie has some level of 9-11 imagery in it. Like uh, Man of Steel has 9-11 imagery. Batman v Superman opens up with 9-11 imagery. Uh, Suicide Squad, all it is is that pretty much. Just the horrible hijackings and, and the Jared Leto's a green hair terrorist. And uh, but you know what? God give Aqu- God knock a point for that for lack of consistency. Hold on a second. Hold on. Does, does it have Titanic imagery in it? It's a very wet movie, so I'm going to count that. All right. Then we got there.